Hello and welcome back to Self-Care Repair, a 25-minute podcast on mental well-being for the mind. My name is Harris Turner and I am here to put some insights into common self-care problems everyone experiences and applying science to not only understand, but to use the info for improving our lives. Today we'll be looking at managing anger and other stressors. Now, anger is something that we all experience, no matter how much we try. We all can and will get angry. For some, that's almost every week. Well, for others, they could be angry once every year. Or every decade, even. It's a part of our DNA. I think everyone has their own experience of getting angry. But the reasons always vary. From someone really, and I mean to the lightest way possible, pushing your buttons to something as minuscule as a bad driver on the road to something that, you know, is way above that level. Um, I can be, for the most part, though, pretty embarrassing to get angry. We see it as losing our cool or focus on something that from an outsider's view, is really such a small issue, especially if it is in public. There is times where people do understand your anger, but in other times, playing a sport, video game, and you get angry, some people just don't understand that. Now, there are people who say that being angry is really bad, you know, mentally and for our health, and a lot of times it can be. Truth be told, it is pretty bad to get angry. But being angry isn't something we can stop. However, it's something that, unlike motivation, is something that we can control. And it's something that we can use as a tool in our toolbox. So sit back, grab a snack, and prepare yourself to get angry. Before we get any further, we must ask ourselves, why do we get angry? Now, that may seem obvious, but there is much more to the iceberg than it seems. Anger is much more than just a feeling. It is a creature of its own, a mixture of various chemicals in the brain, and obviously that is every emotion. But what makes anger different? Well, for starters, anger comes from the amygdala, which is a main factor to react up from outside stimuli. Uh, and it basically releases a bunch of hormones. I'm not going to go really into it because I would go more into biology. This is not really the time and place. You can really do your own research. Um, but to, to kind of shorten it, it sends a whole bunch of hormones. Uh, cortisol is one of them. Adrenaline is another. Um, that are meant to be a response to what is making you angry or what the stimuli is. The responses such as blood pressure increasing or 
you know, sparking your flight or flight uh, motions in your brain. Uh, that's what usually these um, hormones cause the majority of the time when you get angry. This, of course, in the past helped us survive unprovoked from outside forces that could have killed us. But now it no longer has huge effects because we live in a modern world where the most things that you can get angry at is an internet post. A counter to this, of course, is your frontal lobe. It is shown that people who have damage to the frontal lobe often seem more angry and aggressive in nature because they sometimes lose the ability to think through actions with reason and judgment. People who have meditated, however, have been able to expand their frontal cortex in a way that they are much more reasonable and a lot more calmer from various studies. I don't know how much that actually is, but I'd probably have to go into it myself. Phineas Gage is a good example where his frontal cortex was punctured by a tampering iron, which is something that you would do in the railways. Before he was collected and calm as a person, but after the accident he became much more aggressive and grumpy as an individual. Another way that we can get angry comes from a much more psychological point of view which does have its bit of controversy around it, but it deviates from the whole chemicals and hormones. I mean, obviously chemicals and hormones play a big factor, but there's also a psychological factor. There's a theory, they're also based on what makes us angry on fairness and what is fair to us. A test was done where a tester set up a three subjects in a fake game show and asked them questions. I'm pretty sure if you've watched any Netflix, you would know which thing I am talking about. Anyways, they rigged one out of the three of their buzzers and rigged it in a way that they would only lose. In multiple variations, the rigged user are frustrated and competitive and even a bit angry because of a lack of reward and simply just punishment. When they asked, many of the subjects felt as if that was unfair, I felt they should have gotten some of the questions right. We often have some biases on what we think is right and what is fair. And so when we something unfair happens and we get punished because of these unfair punishments, then, well, it kind of goes back to that hormonal and chemical reaction in our brain. Um, now, anger has a huge physical impact as well as mental. People who are more angry tend to be at risk of heart attack and other blood-related stuff, such as having a stroke. Another risk is skin problems and headaches. Mentally, it can lead to a whole slew of things, such as depression and insomnia. Angry individuals also tend to be much more anxious and have a chance of being much more stressed than normal people. It all depends how you use it, but more than often, it can be seriously harmful. Wait a second, I can hear you say. If anger is so bad for us mentally and physically, then why did you say it was a tool? Shouldn't we avoid it at all times? Yes, but no. It's how we perceive anger. 
In the right circumstances, anger can be a great motivator if you can let it go afterwards. Nobody likes someone who's always angry. At the same time, there's no way to not get angry all of the time. But just to simply reduce the amount of time on how we get angry. It's all about mindset that one has when it comes down to anger. Most view it as a very binary and simple way of thinking about emotions. Either you are or you aren't. But consider this. You will never experience one emotion at a time. I know that seems really obvious, but we tend to forget that emotions are much more complex than we'll ever know. They're a mix of chemicals and thoughts that on paper make no sense, but put them all together it does and that's kind of what the point of this whole episode is is that anger on a surface level we all have experienced anger since the day that we were born but anger is so much more than just feeling angry anyways these chemicals is why uh, certain things make different people angry like motivation you need to ask yourself what makes me angry? What pushes my buttons? And what can I do to fix that? Possibly reduce or remove what makes you angry? Maybe take a step back and possibly figure out why it makes you angry. It's a hard question, I know, especially in the moment when you are all heated up. But sometimes confronting yourself on what makes you angry to reveal about who you are as a person. For example, road rage is a very common thing that people get angry at. It's a very obvious thing that people should probably get angry at for obvious reasons. Of course you would get angry because, you know, there's bad drivers everywhere that we go. No matter which country you go to, what the laws are, how the roads are designed, you will always get bad drivers. As common as it is, the reasons to be angry at bad drafting can vary. I'm pretty sure you can yourself label the things that make you angry. For, for me, things that make me angry on the road, take the extra lane, all right? This is kind of a side tangent here. Take that, the extra lane for, um, for, you know, merging and use it to their advantage. I don't like when people do that because that's just really scummy or people who um, use their larger vehicles. This could go on and on with different and much more serious things that make up anger. It is, after all, a universal trait and very much individualistic towards a person. Due to this individualistic nature, anger can often be something that is more personal than we'd like to admit it, finding the time to point out the absurdity of what makes us angry can make all the difference in how we tackle future situations. Obviously, there are some things that should be universally angered at, like corruption. <laughs> I'm pretty sure nobody likes corruption, um, especially political corruption, and there's a lot of personal angers you know, you may be angry at a person who doesn't even know what they're doing. And that's just kind of how 
the world sometimes works. Anyways, maybe next time, you know, in a future situation, you'll learn how to avoid getting angry at those situations or people or, you know, stuff that you don't like. Or just to take the time on a different perspective. You know, take a minute to find yourself in the other person's shoes or think differently. I know it's really hard to think differently. I, th I find it hard as well to think differently, but it's just finding that time to, you know, take a minute, step back, and realize what someone else would do. It's all in perspective. It's how you think about the different situations that make you angry and taking that into a new light. Speaking of perspectives, as a segue, one thing that works for me is what you tell yourself. It is uh, one thing, which is meditation. And it has taught me that when you associate yourself with something, it often becomes more or less a self-writing prophecy. We sometimes end up creating more problems for ourselves than we should compared to what problems people, other people create for us. We often do this with anger, particularly with how we associate with it. When we say, I am angry, even if it's in your head, we in turn fulfill the prophecy and become one with the anger. We are now officially angry. And anger is just a chemical reaction to some thoughts that is on the basic level. It is just an emotion. And now, this isn't for everybody, um, as you listener are aware. However, it is important to know that we, what we tell ourselves, as we've seen with motivation and other things that I will discuss later on, is that it has a huge impact on how we feel and how we act. So saying, instead of saying, I'm angry, for me, the better way of putting it would, to, would be just to acknowledge it as it is an emotion. Now, if that doesn't work for you to get rid of your anger, or you just simply find that, that this is kind of a very subjective, hippie way of thinking, another way of doing it is just to let time pass. Again, stepping away and letting you think about your uh, the events that made you angry is very much related to trying to understand what's pushing your buttons, but also gives you time to collect your thoughts of what you're doing or what other people are doing in the moment versus learning after. It's saying, I need a drink, hold on for a second. If you can't really do that, then, um, you know, taking some deep breaths or simply think about other things while this thing is happening. Obviously, when you're driving, that may not work, but, you know, it is simply giving more food to thought. Another way of letting time pass is using anger to your advantage. Like I said at the start of this, anger can be used as a tool. And an obvious example would be to use anger in a workout. I've seen many people use this method to get rid of anger, and I've used it myself sometimes. After all, you can't really be angry when you're counting many squats that you're doing. All and all, not one single 
method works for everybody. Some of these methods may work all the time for others, while some may not work at all. That's fine. My podcast isn't a be-all, end-all, but simply just ways that work for me that might work for you. I'm simply just passing on wisdom. And that's what this podcast is all about, is simply just that. Passing on some wisdom, taking in some wisdom, and possibly learning our thing or two about ourselves. I, like most people, have had the experience of getting angry more than I should have. As a kid, I had a very, and I mean very, short temper. Not to say that I was always angry all the time, but I was always getting to fights and pushed people away due to my nature and jumping to conclusions that I probably shouldn't have. Being a middle child, it kind of does that to you. You get pushed around and teased and all sorts of things, family stuff. And when you are pushed around enough, you tend to pick up unhealthy habits. My poison was being rash, and in some ways I still am. And I'm fairly impatient, or at least I was. My brass nature sometimes shows, especially when I get bored. I guess it also comes from my family and just how I grew up. We are a, to say, the nicest way allowed family. If that doesn't put a picture on your head of what my family is, let's just say that both my parents have a laughable amount of road rage. Nothing serious, of course, no exactly getting out of the car and taking out the driver, but still lots of swears and yelling and things that is, is laughably a bit more funny than it should be. Of course, you know, the traffic where I live, I live in Alberta, you know, the traffic here is just bad. I'm just going to say the most, it is pretty bad. I've, um, I'm trying to learn how to drive, so uh, it is pretty laughable at what people can get away with, and it, it's just amazing what goes on the road. Um, so, of course, there would be some anger with bad drivers, but it would always make me chuckle. Well, one of my parents, uh, usually my mother, got mad at drivers for the smallest things, sometimes not using the indicator correctly or just passing at the wrong time. That is still bad driving, but it's not as bad as, say, rear-ending your, your car or any of the likes. Anyways, I think you now get the point. I was and still am at times a bit angry and, or brash. I've made mistakes because of this anger, and I've learned from those mistakes. Um, all of the things that I sincerely regret because of these actions um, and there's nothing that I can do about it but just you know be less angry in the future and you know that in 2018 I'll kind of change my attitudes when I found a little meditation app called Headspace that was still the kind of a startup at the time and I slowly learned how to actually meditate because I, I was you know, at a point in my life where I was like, I know that I want to change, I want to be less angry, 
I want to be less impatient, etc., etc. So I started to meditate in 2018. Um, and more so, it found me more so than I found it, to be honest. Um, kind of this is the right place at the right time. In a way, I was hooked, and it helped me realize that I really need to sometimes think before I speak or do actions and separate myself from the emotions I'm feeling. Um, a lot of what I'm teaching in this podcast or telling you in this podcast is mostly from, well, experience. Um, it takes, you know, I could tell you all day without having knowledge of it, but I think people with knowledge and wisdom behind a subject can do much more than just tell you the facts. Anyways, it helped me a lot over the past couple of years. I made me improve in many ways that I can't even imagine three to four years ago I'd be acting the way I am today. Do I still make mistakes and get angry? Of course, I'm human. But I'm more able to process and learn from my mistakes. I think that's the thing that matters, is when I was younger, I would just make mistakes and just continue to do the same things again and again. But now I've kind of, I guess, mastered, in quotations, how to improve for my better. More than ever, I see myself seeing a lot of things to be angry about. I'm not going to go into the current... Uh, state of the world, because that would date this podcast very badly. But finding the calm in the storm is needed more than ever, especially when things get more and more complex. And having that little smidge of simplicity and, I guess, being in the eye of storm gives you a little bit of a perspective, and that's really what matters. Anger is something that we all experience every now and then. For some of us, anger is a tool, while for others it's considered a grand distraction and should be avoided at all times. For me, I find the right place at the right time can make all the difference. Anger requires balance, I think most things do. It is a tool and it should be used responsibly. You shouldn't use a hammer to to screw in a nail, and it shouldn't be always the go-to excuse for when you create a hole in the wall. All I'm trying to say is that while you shouldn't try to dispose of anger, it can only be useful in certain situations. And of course, these situations aren't exactly very broad. Anger can be a drive to do things, and can help us be in the moment or motivated even, but in other ways it is very much limited. Now being limited does have its factors, of course, but that being said, anger isn't something that we can avoid. Uh, like I said, you, you can't just dispose of it. Eventually we all get angry, and controlling how and what you do with this anger is key. It shouldn't be dismissed, but it also shouldn't take control of your life. After all, you attract more flies with sugar than you do with salt. It's a hard thing to balance, 
But if it wasn't hard, then we wouldn't be living our lives. This has been, this has been, this has been the 25-Minute Podcast of Self-Care Repair with your host, Harris Turner, where I cover self-care to the best of my abilities. Today, we covered anger and the many forms that it has. I hope I was able to inform you about the subject to the best that I could. I hope you've learned a bit from these podcasts, and if not, I hope you were entertained. Until next time.